Valley. We're glad that you joined us this Sunday here in the courtyard or online and on Zoom. You can find our church lyrics, our song lyrics for worship on at civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. So let's uh, get together and stand with us and let's worship God together. part before us now come and see what he has done for us tell the world of his great love our God is a God
All right, let's welcome John for some announcements. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you for welcoming. I, I feel so loved. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church in the Valley. We're so excited that you're joining us here, whether that's in person or whether that's on Zoom. Um, again, just really so excited that you're worshiping God with us this morning. Uh, some information for you. If you are looking for the song lyrics or connection card or also for the sermon notes, you can find those at www.civalhambra.com slash Sunday or civalhambra.com slash Sunday. And all that information is online there. If you want a physical copy, you can just pick one up over at this table over here. We also have an offering bucket over here if you want to drop your offering there, or you can also give online. Now, if you're a guest with us this morning, a really big welcome to you. We really just want to thank you for joining us here. And so we have a gift for you. It's a book called How Good is Good Enough. And you can go ahead and pick that book up over at our name tag table. Now, today we have our membership meeting. Our membership meeting is going to be to, in this courtyard at 1030. So after service ends, if you could help us out by taking your bag with you, that would really be great because we might be rearranging things a little bit. So please take your bag with you. Now for our membership meeting, we are gonna be having childcare for both uh, K through five and preschool. So you can go ahead and take your kids back to the kids zone area and we will have childcare for, during our meeting. Now, if your kids are in there right now, we really just ask that you go pick them up after service take them to the bathroom, let them run around a little bit, and then take them back in before the meeting starts. That way they get a little bit of a break and also our teachers get a break as well. Now there is an opportunity to join our members meeting on Zoom. So for all of you members who wanna join through Zoom, we emailed a link out to you. And what we're gonna be discussing is just upcoming church calendar, um, our upcoming speaker schedule, and just some other updates of things that are going around the church. So again, that's at 10.30 after service this morning right here in the courtyard. Now, next week, we get to celebrate something so exciting. We get to celebrate baptism. And so, yeah, it's, baptism is a great thing. It's that people recognizing that they want to show the world that they've chosen to follow Jesus. So we're going to be doing that also here in the courtyard at 1030 after service. Um, so please come join with us. Come celebrate with those who are making that huge decision. And then finally, on March 14th is Daylight Savings Time. So don't forget to switch your clocks. Now, I have a special treat for you. That Sunday, we are actually going to be changing our service time to 10 a.m. So moving forward from March 14th, our service time is going to be starting at 10 a.m. So if you happen to forget to change your clock that day, you will show up on time anyways. So yay, it's always convenient when those things line up. So don't forget, March 14th, Daylight savings time, we are also changing our service time to 10 a.m. So we're going to worship a little bit more, and then we'll work, welcome Rick Durst back up to speak to us again. Thank you. All right, thank you, John. Would you stand with us? Let's uh, sing one more song before we welcome up Rick. You 
are good, you are good when there's nothing good in me. You are love, you are love on display for all to see. You are light, you are light when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope. You have covered all my sin. You are peace, you are peace when my fear is crippling. You are true, you are true even in my wandering. You are joy, you are joy. You're the reason that I sing. You are life, you are life. In you, death has lost its sting. Oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to. Your embrace, light of the world, forever You are more, you are more than my words will ever say. You are Lord, you are Lord, all creation will proclaim. You are here, you are here. Since I may hope you are God, you are God of all else I'm letting go. Oh, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be.
God, we thank you for this beautiful day, for us to be able to gather in this courtyard and online, to be here in your presence, and to be able to worship you freely and openly. God, we praise you because you do forever reign in our hearts, in here on earth and in heaven, that you are in control of all. And in you, we can place our trust and our hope. Speak through Rick today. Speak directly in our hearts and show us your wisdom and show us your face to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's welcome up Pastor Rick. Well, I also am excited about the baptisms coming forward. Uh, I had the privilege years ago of baptizing my son in the Russian River. And that's when I learned when you baptize somebody in a moving river, you baptize them with their head upstream. Because if you baptize them the other way, they can go downstream. And uh, the water was so cold and I, I reflected on that. It was bracing and... I remember when I was baptized, it was a uh, last year of high school, and the water was like bathwater warm. I was so disappointed. I thought it was going to be freezing cold, you know, like the Pacific Ocean sometimes. Uh, nevertheless, it took. I think the pastor held me under long enough, and I've been, you know, walking with the Lord all I can ever since then. So uh, if you are here today, and um, I'm sure I can talk them into having a very cold water for baptism if the Lord calls you, uh, or... Maybe even bath water as you have need. Uh, let me invite you to turn to Psalm 42. Um, we're in an off and on series on Psalm Appeal. Uh, and uh, last time I was here, I, I talked about how if you open your Bible right in the middle, typically you'll land in the Psalms. And I think that's kind of a reflection of what God would want for us. If we open you up right in the middle, would you have a psalm? Would you have a prayer, a praise for the Lord? God puts that, embeds that in us so that we can reflect um, him and his presence in our lives. So uh, I have a friend who went to the University of Oregon and he had a friend there, a buddy they ran around with. And one day those guys convinced themselves that they could do palm reading. And, you know, I, I've never, you know, look at your palm. I have some odd lines on, on my palm, so I, I should have asked him, you know, what do you think of this? Uh, but uh, somehow they went to the library and learned supposedly how to read palms, and so they made extra money getting students to pay them to read their palms. And these guys be the enterprising, you know, university students like you guys are, uh, many of you. Um, they decided one day to just reverse everything. And read it exactly backwards to see if it came out more accurate or less accurate. And it actually turned out more accurate that day. Um, and it just occurred to me this morning that, you know, some of us go about life like that. Okay, maybe you don't read palms. Maybe you read tea leaves. I don't know what you read. Maybe you read your horoscope. Um, but 
what I want us to become is not palm readers, but psalm readers. Um, and, you know, the next time somebody asks me about palm reading or horoscope or whatever, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not a palm reader, but I am a psalm reader. Let me share a psalm with you. One of those psalms you want in your repertory is Psalm 42. Uh, because all of us from time to time go through seasons of despair and even depression. I was trying to calculate while the band was singing. I, I think in my junior year through my second year in graduate school, I had depression off and on. And I noticed that during seasons of depression, there was just less of me available for relationships, for study. Um, it seemed like I had to find a gear that is just a get-by gear um, because so much was involved in trying to you know, keep my head above water, at least emotionally speaking. And that's a little how this psalm picks up. Back in uh, 1965 in England, um, a man named Martin Lloyd-Jones was the pastor of church, Westminster Chapel, not Westminster Abbey, the super famous one, but Westminster Chapel, also in downtown London. And uh, a couple of interesting things about him. Uh, he's Welsh, and he was a Welsh medical doctor before he became a theological doctor and a pastor. Uh, his timing wasn't all that good because the day he was called to be full-time at his first church there at Westminster Chapel, the next day, England declares war on Germany. Uh, so I think he really needed Psalm 42 and needed you know, to share that. But he writes this book that's titled, and I do recommend it. You know, I've warned you that I'm a, a PhD in, in theology, so that means I can't prescribe medicine. All I can do is prescribe books. Well, this book is called Spiritual Depression, its causes and cures. Spiritual depression, its causes and cures. And if your budget's tight, just go online to eBay or something, and you could probably get it for two bucks. But uh, he writes this book because his sense is there are just too many unhappy Christians. Too many Christians are living unhappy lives. And as he diagnoses it, you know, uses all of his medical training to think through this issue. Going on? Uh, that, that took him to this psalm that we're going to be looking at, Psalm 42. And so uh, that opening chapter in that book, sort of the introduction, is, is on this. And I'm going to pull a few things from him, but really looking at the text carefully, uh, I think is, is better. Now, this week in you know, preparing for this... Um, I discovered there's something called a secular hymn. Anybody ever heard of that before? A secular hymn? Uh, it's a notion that comes out of uh, university, uh, uh, Brigham uh, uh, University in, in Utah. And the professor there, he said that there, since Simon and Garfunkel's bridge uh, over troubled water, there's been a rising a number of songs that are, don't come out of church but they make people feel like they're in church. Um, Bridge Over Troubled Water is like that. Now, the most recent one, it uh, actually had been around a while. It comes out of um, Leonard Cohen, uh, came out of Canada, and it really didn't catch on to anybody uh, until Shrek, 1990, this song, Hallelujah. You know, you, you've probably heard it. Maybe you didn't listen to the words very carefully, uh, but this is 
you know, probably the major secular hymn at this time. And um, the, the catchy thing in that is it starts out talking about David, who wrote many of the Psalms, and that David had a magic chord. And I guess the sense is it was the hallelujah chord. And if you could play that chord, it would have effect on you. But if you listen to the words in the song, it talks about living life with a broken hallelujah. You remember that line? It's several times there, a broken hallelujah. And I thought about that. What does that mean? Well, if you look later in Psalm 111, 112, 113, they all start with two words, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. First line in each of those three hymns. And so I thought if it's broken, it might be just hallelujah with no yah. Well, hallelujah means praise and yah is the shortened version of Yahweh, God's personal name. When Moses met the burning bush and heard the voice in the burning bush, uh, he says, well, what shall I call you? When I go see Pharaoh and he asks me, who, who, who's your God? What's his name? And he says, you know, Yahweh, I am who I am. And I think that many people are living life and it's not going that well because they're living with a broken hallelujah. And if Christians live with a broken hallelujah, we've lost our, our praise song. Um, it's, we live unhappily, as Martin Lloyd-Jones talked about. And so let's look into Psalms 42 uh, together. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You know, despair dehydrates your inner self. Uh, it exhausts you for anything constructive. Now, that can happen to anybody. So the question is, when I'm in that condition, what do I do about it? What's the remedy? And that's what this psalm is about. Um, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Now, when I gave my life to Christ, I suppose I thought it would be pretty smooth sailing, but it hasn't been that way. Um, a lot of waves to sail through. Uh, you know, when you go down to the marina, you can see some boats are harbor boats. They never go out of the harbor. They just stay where it's safe. But other places, you see some of those boats, they are beat up. They headed for deep water. They headed where they're... The waves hit. And that's, that's the life I'm going to live. I don't want to stay in the harbor. I want to go out to sea. And that's the calling of Christ. To, you know, to put out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. I remember that when my first kind of wave of despair and depression hit me. Um, I was asleep in my dorm room. A single bed. And when I woke up, I realized there was a pressure on my chest. And I don't know if you've been through this. Um, I don't think I could get up. And it was like some heavy thing was sitting on me. I think I, I could look, but this thing was sitting on my chest. And then 
by God's grace, I heard a voice say, get off him. And that depression, that despair lifted instantly. You know, it was like the Lord himself came and whatever was sitting on me got off. And it was just a lesson. Mark that down. You can get a pressure on your life. I can get a pressure on my life. And God can kick it off. Uh, Now, that was a first and last experience exactly like that. But it was a marker for me. And that's what this Psalm 42 is kind of laying out for us. Um, And so I also became aware of people who are having the same experience. You know, you can see people who are dragging. I remember coming out of graduate school to stairs just like this. And a friend of mine named Marion was sitting there. But, you know, he wasn't just sitting there resting. He was sitting there because he couldn't move. You know, it's like his life had run out of gas run out of juice if it's an electric life. And, you know, I, I wasn't even going to go out the stairs, but I saw Marion just in despair. And so I just went over and I sat next to him. And I said, Marion, what's going on? And this guy had just been told by his second wife that he w- she was getting a divorce. I mean, two times, and this was the second time. And, you know, life can hit you like that. You know, knocks you down, and then it hits you when you are down, and that's where Marion was. Uh, Please, listen to the Spirit's leading to be sensitive to people around you who are in depression and despair, and be a presence for them, an encouragement for them. But more than that, just a presence. Remember this little girl, she came home and said, you're, you're late. Mom, what took you long, so long? Well, I, I was coming home from school and I saw my friend sitting on her porch and she was crying. And well, what did you do? Well, I went over her and, you know, she said that my dog has died. And well, what did you do? She said, well, I just helped her cry. <laughs> Maybe that's all you really need to do with some people. Just help them cry. Um, and uh, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Uh, just a warning. Discouragers will find you. You're just going to find discouragers. Um, I realize now that the way the political situation has been going in America lately, we've all become a bunch of negative thinkers. <laughs> And I realize I've kind of joined the discourager crowd. I don't want to be in that crowd. I want to be in the encourager crowd. I want to be in the praying and praising crowd. I don't want to be a negative person, and I don't want to have a negative attitude towards myself, to others, or my nation. Because God is in charge. Um, So don't be surprised if somebody asks you, as a follower of Christ, where's your God? You know, you're you're in despair, you're in trouble, you're in failure. Uh, Where's your God? All right, now, let's start turning this thing around. Verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. I think the first step 
is to start remembering. Um, remember who God is. Think of his names. You know, one of the things the Gospel of John does, it has seven I am sayings where Jesus is saying, when you're in darkness and despair, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. When you feel thirsty, I'm the living water. Um, when you feel like things are just changing too fast, remember, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Remember who God is. Remember what God is. He's the God of the universe. He's the Lord in charge. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. There's no place you and I can go where he isn't present. You know, the psalmist in other places will talk about, I go to the deepest place, he's there. I go to the highest place, he's there. God is there. God shows up. He's present. So remember what God is. Remember what God has done. You know, I remember back to that experience in my dorm room. When God, God just said, the Lord just said, get off him. Remember the things God has done. Now, one of the great things for you being here, however you're here, is these songs and these people. Remember this. Don't ever forget this. You showed up. Remember what happened when you showed up. Um, and then remember what God has promised. God has promised, I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He even sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Stand on the promises. God always keeps his promises so remember who God is. Remember what God is. Remember what God has done. And remember what God has promised. So you've got your cognitive recollections working now. So you're remembering. Um, and when you start remembering, it dilutes your despair. Now verse 5 is sort of repeated in verse 11. And it even flows over into the next Psalm, Psalm 43. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Uh, another translation says, why are you so depressed? Now, at first you don't notice this, but what's going on here is up until this moment, the psalmist has been listening to himself. And in this verse, he starts talking to himself. Now, I'm not being silly here. You think about this. When you're listening to yourself, there's within you this, this, this despair, depression. Um, you know, we all are, I don't know where they all come from, but we all have these recordings in our heads that are there, and in times of depression, they just start talking to us. All those negative things that somehow our inner self has memorized, and they're like awful echoes. Well, instead of listening, the psalmist now starts talking. Why are you so depressed? You know, start talking to yourself instead of listening to yourself. Um, that's what the psalmist does. And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You know, start preaching to yourself. You've heard enough sermons. You can do it. Uh, now, it says, uh, 
therefore the salvation, you know, different translations here, um, my salvation and my God. Now this is in Hebrew poetry, so I don't blame the English translators for trying to arrange it poetically, but it's not so important to be poetic as it is to be clear to what it actually says in the original language. And the original language is about God's countenance, his face. And, you know, when we say there's so many unhappy Christians, I'm not talking about plastering some sort of inane grin on your face. Your countenance is what's sort of below the surface. And if there's joy, it's going to show. I remember John Ortberg in his book, he asked this, uh, this guy at church, he said, uh, Bob, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. Um, and you love the Lord. Yeah, 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 I love the Lord. What, would you mind just sometime tell your face that? You know, some of us are really, really good at frowning all the time. Okay, but what I'm talking about is not that. I'm talking about what's just below the surface. And that's what this word countenance means. Um, and it says God's countenance is salvation. God is not frowning at you. God has made a way of salvation for you. And the Hebrew word is Yeshua, which is the Hebrew way of saying Jesus' Jesus's name. Jesus is Aramaic for Yeshua. Now imagine this. A man who is salvation walking around on the earth. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see salvation walking around. Salvation walks into Nazareth, you know. Salvation goes down to Capernaum. Anything can happen when salvation walks into the room. Uh, when Legion, the man who, you know, was so emotionally, spiritually depressed and deranged, he could only live in a cemetery. He'd torn all his clothes off, and every time they tried to catch him and subdue him, pst, didn't work. But when he met Jesus, he met wholeness for the first time in his life. And um, one of the things that will be funny when hang out, if you hang out with Jesus, stuff's going to happen to you. Believe me, stuff's going to happen to you. And I, what I, what I, I would love to paint this. And, you know, you came today and, you know, some of you got your, your coats sitting by the side and, and all of that. And what I think is this guy was naked when Jesus healed him. Has no clothes. And so Peter, he looks at, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, give me your jacket. Jacob, don't you have a, you know, James, don't you have an extra pair of pants in, the, you know, in your bag? Give him those. You know, so this guy gets completely dressed with all the disciples' clothes. <laughs> and that's, that's the kind of stuff that's going to happen to you. You start out with 10 bucks in your wallet, you come home and you got nothing. Because the Lord knows what's in your wallet and he knows who needs that. Be ready to be the hands of God's generosity um, as these things happen. Uh, so, um, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. I'll look at his face. I'll see my salvation there. Um, in uh, verse 9, it goes on to say, uh, to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do you go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? 
As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, where is your, go where is your God? Um, this sort of remedy continues by turning from talking, um, listening to myself and talking to myself, but now it turns again to talk to God. Don't just talk to yourself. Lift up your prayer. Lift up your praise. Talk to God. Um, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Um, I remember in college, I, I was in a, a drama, a touring drama group, and also there was a band that toured with us, and there was a cute girl that was the singer in the, in the band, and I got a crush on her. Now, let me ask you something. Why do you think they call it a crush? Because it's apt to crush you. I got crushed. I got crushed. I lost my appetite. I've never lost my appetite before. That girl stole my appetite, and she crushed me. And I, I did what this song says to do. That same dorm room, rather, I moved off campus after this, but, you know, anyway, I said, Lord, what are you trying to do? Break my heart. And I realized that another lesson there in that dorm room is that God is waiting for me to cry out to him in total honesty. Um, there's a moment of intimacy with God when you're absolutely honest. And I'd say within 15 minutes of praying that prayer, I got my appetite back. Um, and that's what happens in this psalm. Starts talking to God in absolute honesty. And remarkable things happen. And when you get down to the end of the psalm, it's only 11 verses. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Exactly the same as verse 5. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, poetically, good English translation, perfect, A+. Plus. But it's not what the Hebrew really says. There's a, there's a change in the possessive pronoun Related to that word salvation. It goes in verse 5 from the countenance of God is salvation. It's his face. The face of salvation. And in this verse it says my countenance. My face. So by the end of this psalm. Salvation is on the face of the psalmist. That soul has been restored. In a sense of the joy of my salvation. The joy of my salvation is my strength. And this guy's got his strength back. How about you? Um, I have a friend. who uh, His name is Charles. He's from Ghana. And he comes from a. Kind of like a medical royalty family. Everybody in his family is a doctor of this. Or a doctor of that. So he's. He comes to the U.S. and um, he's studying optics and uh, he got crossways with his church and he's kind of in despair and he's kind of dropped out of church. And he, he told me the story and he told me I could tell it's you. And he, he ends up in one of those garage apartments. It's not really an apartment. It's a, it's a garage room. He's renting a garage. And he prays 
just like out of Psalm 42, he says, Lord, is this what you wanted for me when I came to the U.S.? To be living in a garage without my church, you know, without hope and despair? Is this without help? And I don't think he has this often, but he said in that moment, he heard a voice say to him, don't worry, help is on the way. Don't worry, help is on the way. And Charles told me, he said, now I, that, that was encouraging. I, I thought that meant I, help is coming to me. That's not what it meant. It meant Charles was going to be helped to others. And as things began to come back together for him, he realized many people in his country, in Ghana, um, have no access to cataract surgery. And so he felt led of the Lord to put a missional team to go. And so... When they come to Ghana and they go to different sites to offer this, uh, this surgery, you know, people come in blind with these cataracts and they leave seeing. You know, just like Jesus healing, healing the eyes. And word got out in the medical community there uh, in, the, in the Bay Area what he was doing and people wanted in. And so they kind of expanded the ministry and you know what they call it? Help is on the way. And a, a number of the doctors that go, they're, not, they're in, not even Christians, but they want to be a part of this. Help is on the way. And you know, maybe that's what you and I should write at the top, you know, top of Psalm 42. Help's on the way. Help is on the way. Um, this morning when I got up and I was having my coffee and my oatmeal I, I turned on some uh, praise music and one of my favorite songs you know if I die before this sermon is over I'll tell you at my funeral I want this song okay um, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness and um, there's a line that says um, my anchor holds within the storm my anchor holds within the storm. And the sense of the assurance of forgiveness and salvation, my anchor holds that Christ is holding on to me. Now, let me ask you something. Who's holding on to you? Have you given your life to Christ so that you belong to him? If you belong to him, he's not going to let go of you. He's the anchor that holds within the veil meaning that there's a veil that he's gone through into the very presence of the Father to give his life as a sacrifice for your sin. That's why Christ died on the cross. You know, we're a couple of, just a month and a half away from Easter, remembering Christ's death and his resurrection. And he's risen to give you and I new life so that when we're in despair, when we're in trouble, he will not let go of us. He will kick them off. He will send the word, help us on the way. Is that the life you've got? Unsinkable. Because he's your help. He's your help. And he will not let you go. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for 
the opportunity to look into the Psalm 42 and to be looked back at by the Psalm, seeing ourselves. And Lord, um, I pray that uh, you'll do some soul surgery in our hearts now to give us increased assurance of your love for us that will not let us go, that you'll deliver us from despair. And Lord, if there's, if there's somebody here who's just been kind of on the threshold and they realize th this is the way it works. The bus is stopped for me. I need to get on. I need to make a commitment to Christ. Uh, he died for me on the cross. I need to live for him now. Lord, may your spirit speak to that person. May they cry out and ask for forgiveness, committing themselves to you, Father, promising to love you and serve you and tell others about you, uh, to seek at the earliest opportunity to be baptized, Lord, uh, in order to be obedient to you. Lord, thank you so much for the joy of salvation that floods our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Rick for that awesome message. As we sing this next song, I invite you guys to stay seated and really reflect on the words as we sing from Psalm 42 itself. I would also encourage you to finish filling out your connection card online and let us know what's going on in your life and any prayer requests that you have.
That is our prayer, that as our soul pineth for you, that you would, um, that you would comfort us in our grief, in our hard times, and that you would remind us that you are always for us, you are our great encourager, you are our fortress in you, we can count on you for anything. God, uh, this week, we pray that you would just be with us as we go to work, go to school, as we handle conflict, as we as we interact with the people that you place around us. We pray that that the joy of your salvation would be on our face, would be reflected in our lives, and that in us your light would shine through, and that people would be able to see the joy and comfort of your salvation. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand and sing our one last song. Into marvelous light I'm running Out of darkness, out of shame by the cross you are the truth you are the life you are the
helpless, a stranger with no hope. Your kindness wakens me, wakens me from my sleep. Your love, it beckons deeply, a call to come and die. By grace now I will come and take this life, take your life. Sin has lost its power, death has lost its sting, from the grave you've risen, victoriously into marvelous light. I'm running out of darkness, out of shame, by the cross you are the Your breath fills up my lungs Now I'm free, now I'm free Sin has lost its power Death has lost its sting From the grave you've risen Victoriously into marvelous light I'm running out of darkness, out of Cross you are the me us with this with us this Sunday just a reminder we got a, our membership meeting at 10:30 a.m. and hope you guys join us next Sunday for our baptism baptism and next service have a great week and that's a reminder about the uh, members meeting it's gonna be right here if you guys can take your bags and stuff take them with you we may move moving the chairs around and if you got kids sitting around in kids service um, go pick them up let them get all that you know candy energy out for a bit and then we'll see you back here at 10:30. 
inside of me.